have you gotten to the point in a project uh, decision or life where you look back to a time and say that was pivotal and it majorly changed the direction you were headed? I have a personal example of this. Several years ago, I made a commitment to focus on my health. Over the course of a year, I lost 40 pounds. Now I've gained some of that back, thanks COVID. Um, But I'm to a point where I now can tell when I am healthy based on how I feel my movement on a scale. That was a pivotal moment for me in my life. And it's so easy to reflect back on a life-changing time like this and forget how much daily work and determination and grit went into that process. In this episode with Mike Casty, you're going to hear another example of one of these pivotal moments. Mike is a pioneer in his field. He's also super humble in describing his why shift in their business, but I know many hours, much consideration and determination went into making this happen. And of course, as we look back to 2020, I know his team was well prepared to recognize that their mission hadn't changed and they leaned into serving their community even more because they were prepared. I hope you leave this episode with some gratitude for these pivotal moments. We as an organization, our data rich. We have more information and it's overwhelming how much information we have and data rich yet I think sometimes we're strategy and execution poor. I think we've got all this data information and it can be overwhelming, paralyzing and uh, tough to make a decision. The data was clear. It was also external. We were watching this growth of Orange Theory and all these boutiques and studios And we just said, we got to try something. Accelerant, a substance used to aid the spread of fire, accelerating or causing acceleration. This is the Accelerant Podcast. Hi there. Thank you for joining me today on the show. I'm your host, Saranda West. I hope you're ready for another personal inspiration because Mike always brings it. We're going to be talking with Mike Cassidy. Mike has a long career in the YMCA movement, but currently is the chief operating officer of the YMCA of the East Bay. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Saranda. It's great to be here. Good. Would you start off and just tell us, I know everyone, if you're in the YMCA world, you have a why story. So would you, would you fill us in on yours? I grew up in Massachusetts and it was while I was a a student at the University of Arizona, I saw a job and it said weight room attendant. And I thought, wow, that can be a real job. And I applied for the job and got the job. And it was at the, at a small YMCA in Tucson, Arizona. And I, I fell in love. I had my little domain of my own weight room and I thought it was amazing. You could eat off of, off of any surface in there. And I took great pride in it. But as the, the, the more I, I learned about the why and got certified in why certifications, I saw a real alignment with my personal values. And I don't, I'd always felt comfortable in the, in the fitness setting. And I really found an opportunity there to make everyone else feel comfortable in that setting. So, you know, that, that started it. That was 30 
35 years ago. I became a director 32 years ago in Tucson. And then I was with the YMCA San Francisco for a number of years. My first exec role was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Glendale, Arizona, the Glendale branch. And I, I stayed a number of years in places. I, I really believe that you bloom where you're planted, that you don't, you know, the grass isn't always greener. And so I just tried to succeed and learn where I could. As I went through my career, when I was younger, I would say, wow, they, whew, they really, they really took a chance on me. And I used to have that attitude, but in my role now, what I'm realizing is the leaders I worked for, they saw something in me and I'm greatly appreciative and I've tried to pay it forward since. So that's my, it's my wise story, 35 years in. That's a great wise story. Mike, you said you just loved it when you were the wait attendant and started out that. What has kept that love going? I, you know, part of it is there's an opportunity to be entrepreneurial. And I think I've had some great bosses that actually fed that desire in me and, and, and kept that fire lit. And you, know, you, you give the opportunity to be creative, I think, in any role, whether you're an accountant, you're at the front desk or in fitness, the opportunity to be creative and express ourselves creatively, I think, is what keeps us around. And, you know, if, if somebody said to you 15 years ago, you'd be doing a podcast, working for Daxco, you would have said, no way. But now look where we have it. So I've been able to really express that creativity uh, for all 30 years. And, and it's been a blast. Perfect. And the, the exciting part to me is we don't know what the next 10 are going to hold, right? Like, who knows? Right, right. Yeah. Well, we, we couldn't have predicted 2020, that's for sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of um, the pandemic and COVID-19, and obviously been, we've just been through a, a year, <laughs> working our way through the next one. How have you seen the why change and adapt over the past year? Our mission hasn't changed at all. And our CEO said something early on, said, you know, our mission hasn't changed one bit, but the expression of our mission changed. And I think for me and in, in, in our team, it reaffirmed our mission. For decades, we've known good nutrition, regular exercise, good sleep, our vehicles to good health. And in regard to this virus, healthy behaviors potentially could save, you, save people's lives. So there's that piece. But we learned a few things, right? We learned our vulnerability in that we were very facility fixed or facility centric. Everything revolved around what we were doing in buildings. And then when our buildings were shuttered, we thought, oh my goodness. So yeah, we had to, like everyone else, we pivoted. We pivoted quick. We also saw other needs based on our community presence, you know, food deliveries, food pantry partnerships, feeding kids, digital hubs for learning. You know, obviously the youth piece in our, in our after-school programming is so strong and robust. We're a trusted provider in our community. And um, parents trusted us to keep their kids safe. 
uh, while they're in school virtually. And then there's the virtual fitness piece. We're, we're a content provider partner for Y360. And we're also connecting with our members, uh, much like this. Uh, we're connecting with them on Zoom, trying to solve for a lot of things, just keeping them connected. Obviously, we want to be open again. It's where members will come to. We like being that third place for folks. But we're also focused virtually. That's going to be a part of our future. There's just no, there's no doubt in our mind. We got to get better digitally. We were paper bound and we come to join and we've got this encyclopedia for you to fill out to be a member. Now, if you join, you can do it online. Thank you, by the way, for helping us do that. You're welcome. Yeah, it was quite a challenge, but we were, the part of our vulnerability was our branch centric. We were also vulnerable to the processes that we were just anchored to. We have a climate advantage outside, outdoor. I think outdoor is going to be a large part of our ongoing strategy as, as we move forward. We're looking at building an airnesium and, and we're grabbing pieces of parking lots and patios and we're redesigning all our indoor. We didn't put every other machine out of order. We extracted the equipment so that now we have physical distancing and, and things like that. And we were looking, we would look through our fitness centers and we're like, you know what? These, these look really good. You can actually tell the area is clean. When the treadmills are mashed together, there could be dust bunnies under there. Nobody knows. But now they're spaced and the areas are airy. And when we continued with our functional fitness movement, so people have the space to move well and maintain a physical distance from each other. So COVID-19, it's been a lot of learning for all of us. I think that's one of the things, like you said, you ask yourself, why we do something? And you say, because that's how we've always done it. That's, <laughs> never say that, right? But I think we we got to ask ourselves that yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, why do we do it this way? Yep. I don't know, because we always have. So a chance to rethink and, and really, like you said, prioritize on what's most important. Yep. The moves we're making now, we're investing in the resilience of the why. that you have this huge passion for fitness, of course, but also functional fitness. How have you seen this from you starting your career to where it is in the wide movement today? That's a really good question. And functional fitness, I think, is it's getting over-marketed now. But I'll define my, my definition so that you understand where I'm coming from on it. And I think it's functional fitness is functional movements that are naturally occurring. That's it. Squat, deadlift, uh, push, press, and pulling motion. They occur in nature. We do them every single day. We get up and off a chair. My 77-year-old mom lifts her groceries off the ground. That's a deadlift. If she moves a gallon of water from the ground to her countertop, that's actually a, an Olympic lift. It's a clean when you think about it. So it's functional movements that we do in nature. And they require no or minimal equipment. To, to perform, hence the, the success of some of our efforts in COVID. I always knew the movements, you know, deadlift, squat, push, press. I knew all those and was certified in all these certifying bodies over the years. 
but I never saw them introduced into a methodology until I tried CrossFit. And CrossFit defines their methodology as constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity. Now that intensity is relative. It's relative to the individual and the person. And the intensity is achieved through either load or time or a combination thereof. So when I went through my first CrossFit workout, they said, hey, we're going to put you through a workout at seven minutes. And I thought, seven minutes? I'm used to being you know, in the gym for an hour, maybe two, and seven minutes. And the equipment was a set of rings and a box. And that was it. And in seven minutes, I was flattened out. You know, it was a combination of pulls, box jumps or step ups, and I think push ups and air squats. It was, it was just a quick milieu of seven minutes. But I'll tell you, four minutes in, I thought, oh, I really thought I had found the holy grail of fitness here. And in 30 years of being in fitness, I'd never seen a methodology so transformative metabolically, mobility-wise, strength-wise, and the ability to build community within that. And I thought, okay, I've got to, you know, peel the curtain back and, and learn more. All ages, all abilities, and from broomsticks to barbells, it's not an equipment-intensive programming. And, and it, I kept falling back to, okay, it's functional movements, it's functional movements. The CrossFit model is hard to scale. We launched an affiliate at our Pleasant Hill branch but it's a challenge to scale. Uh, one coach, maybe 10 to 12 people can be served really well in the, in the traditional CrossFit setting. So I thought, well, we have over 50,000 membership units pre-COVID, of course. But I thought, how do I scale this? That was in 2014. Also in 2014, I, we started to see this trend where people were joining these boutiques, studios, CrossFit boxes, and I thought you could just start to see, okay, something going on. They're leaving a moderately priced YMCA for a $200 a month, $300 a month sometimes, small setting, one bathroom. We have acres of toilets and lockers, and we brag about how many treadmills we have, and I have a thousand group exercise classes a week, and so there's this exodus out, and I thought, okay, couple things going on this I'm personally getting results participating in this program that has functional fitness as its foundation members are leaving to achieve results somewhere else or they're keeping their wide membership and they're going to this boutique setting so I was like we've got to find out what's going on so in our association we adopted a member results bias programming strategy We'd gotten caught up in considering value was all the stuff you got if you're a Y member versus making the value, the results you'll achieve when you're in our Y, in our programs, in our facility. And when we shifted to that, it was frightening, it was scary, moving to functional fitness and getting rid of these machines that are so comfortable to our members and our staff, uh, fixed range of motion type of movements. So it was frightening and it was also liberating because it gave us clarity in terms of our decision-making. We were gonna make decisions that are gonna be results-biased or results-based for members. So we knew what we wanted to start doing, but it was also really clear what we needed to stop doing. And 
it gave us the room space and bandwidth to start experimenting. And, and that's what we did. We eliminated tons of fitness equipment. We opened up spaces and added functional fitness training equipment, kettlebells, weightlifting platforms, pull-up bars, and eliminated the redundancy of some of our circuit equipment. A fixed piece of equipment doesn't, it doesn't address the context of a member's ability, their limitations, or even their goals. It just, it can shift behavior change potentially, but a leg extension doesn't help someone get up and off a chair during the day. So we re redesigned all of our fitness centers and growth was phenomenal. The membership growth is pretty monumental. We have a philosophy that we, we haven't touched our rates for over a decade. Uh, we don't raise rates, but we want to provide the best absolute value. And then to see this uh, exponential growth based on the strategy, it was phenomenal. And to see members actually begin succeeding and really achieving the results that they came or that they joined for, it was heartening. We were, we were excited. I love that. You really, I think, capitalize on an opportunity because with the different boutique gyms, it depends on who you are, right? But I'm a, I'm a mom of three. I can't go to a CrossFit class because I have nowhere to take my kids, right? But if you can really appeal to that, the family, you know, who the YMCA serves in a lot of ways, there's real opportunity in that too. Yep. I probably wouldn't put an, a CrossFit affiliate in every branch, but Pleasant Hill, we did. And we've got all ages. I mean, the CrossFit kids class is phenomenal. And then we have a longevity class, which is, this isn't your grandmother's exercise. These are uh, 70, 80 year old folks that are deadlifting, push press. It's just awesome for that generation. And for that group, it's all about independence. The functional fitness needs of my 21 year old daughter who's pole vaulting in college and my 77 year old mom are different. My mom wants to stay independent living and my daughter wants to go on a podium, but physically they have to do all the exact same movements on a regular basis. So it's covering that and, and infusing that results bias, I think has helped us and it's helped our members. When COVID did hit and the statistic was folks with chronic disease, which is obviously a big part of the why mission in, in advancing health, were suffering more and dying more. I, I felt horrible. I thought we didn't get to enough people yet. And we can solve this. And there are elegant solutions that it doesn't have to be that complex. Hello. I'd like to interrupt this podcast to introduce myself. I'm Constance Miller, Director of Research, Analytics, and Insights at Dexco. That means my job is to surface actionable insights to help all we work with make the most informed decisions possible to drive success. We thought the Accelerant Podcast would be an ideal opportunity to link the stories you're listening to from amazing people all across the country and add data to deepen the takeaways. So here we are in the Quant Corner, where numbers and data tell beautiful stories. At the beginning of this episode, Mike spoke about how the last year brought to light vulnerabilities of being majority facility fixed and facility centric and that his and most wise pivoted to digital, virtual, and online options to deliver needed member experiences, connections through programming, and content delivery for fitness and wellness. As luck would have it, I spent the early part of this week reviewing the latest trends on virtual engagement. Here's what we found. 
Virtual check-ins logged in DAXCO operations have increased significantly in the last three months, reaching their highest point to date in February of this year. To put that in perspective, virtual check-ins have increased every single month since March 2020, with only one month exception, which was this past June, when the country experienced a wave of reclosures and a spike in COVID rates. That said, virtual check-ins have doubled since July. A friendly reminder that this is only one directional signal of virtual memberships and virtual area check-ins. And we know many of you listening also log other digital and virtual activity. The headline is clear for WISE, that virtual engagement is not only an ongoing trend from 2020, but it continues today and is a future-facing one as well. For this and more trends, please visit the Insights and Impact Report on DAXCO.com. Our 2020 year-end roundup is being published soon. When you were making the shift to putting these functional fitness areas in your facilities, obviously that's a big decision, right? That's capital investment. You're having to put this business case together, if you will. How did you go about that process? We as an organization are data rich. We have more information and it's overwhelming how much information we have and data rich Yet, I think sometimes we're strategy and execution poor. I think we've got all this data information, and it can be overwhelming, paralyzing, and uh, tough to make a decision. The data was clear. It was also external. We were watching this growth of Orange Theory and all these boutiques and studios, and we just said, we got to try something. Our initial thing was, okay, we're going to be a a brand within a brand or create these boutiques within the branch. And then what we realized is, well, if we brought this ethos of just driving results for members when they join, we can find a goal. So I think we had all this data, we're watching it, but we weren't executing. And then when it comes to making the decision or the sell or the process, There's that creative tension you need in your team. You don't want a bunch of yes people. You wanted people saying no, and we did. And and it was a process. Took some negotiation and collaboration, and there was some balance in there. I think if we just went in and got rid of every circuit machine, some members would have picketed. So you need that creative tension. You need not naysayers, but you need people asking really good questions throughout the process. But thankfully, it worked. We did a small experiment. And I'll never forget, we had upgraded a strength area and we had put platforms in. And I wanted to fill the room with them. I wanted 10 of them. But I negotiated and we had three. And I'll never forget, within a few weeks, the exec said, we need more. A lot more. Yeah, that's great. Looking back at 2020, that was actually one of the things that was almost like freeing, you were talking about like so much data and you can just get in that analysis loop where you're constantly thinking yourselves, we couldn't do that last year, right? We just had to make a decision and that, whether it was right or wrong, you don't know, but you had to make something. So it was actually freeing in a lot of ways too. Yeah, that was liberating as well. And here's the thing about decisions. You'll never know how the other one would have turned out. If you have two paths, you can have an assumption of what would have happened if you had made 
decision A, but if you go with decision B, you'll never know. So stick with B and then be agile and nimble within that process as it goes through. Yeah, I love that. How do you stay healthy and happy yourself? I probably don't move as much as I should, but I have access to a lot of functional fitness programming. So I try and follow our CrossFit programming as much as I can from Pleasant Hill. And when not, I know what to do. <laughs> it's just getting to do it. So I think movement wise, that's it. I try and get sleep. I try and maintain a growth mindset and I try and eat well. I'll try, <laughs> you know, not, not always succeeding, but when it comes to a lot of this over my career, in terms of fitness, I've always been like my own lab rat. I have a rower in my garage, I have a rack in my garage. So I'm able to play with some movements and try things, which is always fun. I am a voracious reader because my boss is too, thank God. Because if I weren't a reader, I'm getting a book a week. And I love Audible. It was the best purchase I could ever make. I listen to a lot of books. And then I have two daughters in college. And I think watching them thrive and grow up I hope I'm the type of parent that shows my kids how they should live versus tell them how they should live. And uh, that's about it, the healthy and the happiness piece. I love it. Well, and I think what you said there as a parent, I can relate is you just show your kids that you're trying, right? Yeah. It's that, it's what you said. I'll try to do these things. I'll try to do this yeah. and just keep at it. So Mike, for those that have enjoyed our conversation, want to learn more, is there anything from like maybe a Y website or something to direct them to where they can dig into the areas we've talked about? I don't think so. They can call me. You know, they've all got me email. <laughs> okay. Okay. Perfect. Or maybe check out the YMCA of the, East you know, Bay. the East Bay's website. Yeah. yeah. YMCAEastbay.org. That's where you'll see most of our as things evolve and we begin to open, we are in California, so we're slowly opening now. Right, yep. And just as you kind of reflect on this conversation and as you're navigating as best you can, opening up in different things, any final words for those that are, are going through the same thing? I have a couple. I think a lot of times we try and buy a strategy. Oh, I'm gonna buy the XYZ line or I don't want, no offense to, any vendors, but I don't want a vendor dictating or creating our strategy. You know, they should serve our strategy or should have a strategy and then find the vendors that are best to solve what I need solved within. And the other thing is I think new goals don't deliver new results. I think we've got to build better organizational behaviors uh, to achieve results. So that's, that'd be probably my advice and stay nimble. We learned that. We did. And well done to you and your team for even the going back a few years to being nimble in that case, making the making a shift and how you've also continued to serve your community in shutdown time. Yep. Yeah. We are I'm blessed. I work with probably the best team on the planet. So we're blessed. Good chemistry, synergy. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Mike. This was this was a lot of fun. Dorinda, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of The Accelerant. As always, this is about inspiring you and me.
Okay, all of us. Let us know what you've learned, what you want to hear, or any other thoughts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Daxco. That's at D-A-X-K-O, or post with hashtag Accelerant Podcast. Or you can send us an email at podcast at Daxco.com. We would love to hear from you. You can find Accelerant wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to hit subscribe. That simple click helps us continue to bring new episodes packed with uplifting and insightful stories. Bonus points if you leave a review. Let other listeners know about us and what Accelerant means to you. Accelerant Podcast is a product of Daxco, serving the health and wellness community for over 20 years with comprehensive technology solutions to over 17 million members worldwide. Learn more at Daxco.com. That's D-A-X-K-O.com. Accelerant is produced by Christy Brown, Sean Ellis Hussey, and me, Saranda West. Sound and editing by Sean Ellis Hussey. Visual design by Jenny Miller. 